Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Bilber.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Bilber.com. Based in New York, on the other line, in Los Angeles, is the naughty boy to my Zayn Malik... Keith Caulfield, how's it going, Keith? What's up? We are literally witnessing history right now on our Twitter timeline. Not to oversell it or anything. <laughs> We're going to hang these framed tweets in our rec room someday of Louis Tomlinson, the Zayn Malik, and then Naughty Boy kind of coming to Zayn's defense. But that's why I say you're the Naughty Boy to my Zayn, because I like I always got your back, man, and, and vice versa. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I, I wish only we had just a fraction of the money that you know Louie and Zane and Naughty Boy are rolling around in. Someday, man. Someday. Well, you know what? We are joined by... I, I don't know who would be... If we're Zane and Naughty Boy, I don't know who, who this person would be in, in relation... He wouldn't be the Louie because he's not our, our, our enemy now. He's our friend. Uh, we're joined actually today on the Pop Show Podcast by Pop Crush, Editor-in-Chief and one of my favorite pop writers, Brad Stern. How's it going, man? Hey, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. You're you're a Pop Shop Podcast newbie, but you are here to talk so much about pop music, specifically Britney Spears and Iggy Zalea's new song, Pretty Girls. What a Always here for Pretty for Girls. to be here, too. It's, I mean, the, perfect, it's the perfect it's Brad like Stern. It's like we planned it or something. So it, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, so before we get started, um, Brad, thank you so much for coming. You you just started as editor in chief at Pop Crush. Yes, about four days ago. So how how's it going? It's going great. I'm really excited about it. I'm super excited about everyone I'm working with and and all of the things we're about to roll out and putting together a bunch of fun pop things to make everybody excited. Well, there you go. You, you're you started the right week. You started with like so you're you're like a huge Britney fan. That is an understatement. Okay. But yes. <laughs> that is. But here's but here's why I wanted to I wanted you on the on the podcast because you're a very fair, huge Britney fan. Because like you're yeah. you know when she puts out something that's not your favorite, you're not going to be like, uh, it's Britney, it's amazing. Well, you're going to be very fair about it. Yes. I mean, I will never say a Britney song is bad because <laughs> I signed that blood oath a long time ago. But other than that, yeah, I'm very objective. <laughs> Well, there you go. We're going to be uh, delving into Pretty Girls, which came out earlier this week. We'll also be talking about the Hot 100, where we have some movement in the top 20, some soon-to-be hits, some albums. We're going to delve into the Met Gala a little bit with uh, Lady Gaga and Madonna, who are now friends. Uh, before we get started, if you like the Pop Shop Podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. 
Give us a rating or review on iTunes. We always appreciate that. We've gotten so many ratings and reviews the past few weeks, and we see every one of those. So thanks, guys. And if you have any questions for Keith or myself, hit us on Twitter. He is at Keith underscore Caulfield. I am at Jason Lipschutz. And Brad, what you are... I am at Mew Muse. Yeah, that's... that's I, I've Because <laughs> you're still doing Mew Muse. Yes. Yeah. So it's at M-U-U-M-U-S-E. That's right. Hit up yep. Brad. Great follow on Twitter. Definitely. So... Follow RT for Brazil. <laughs> 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 so Pretty Girls is a song... By, it was Britney Spears featuring Iggy Azalea. Now it's Britney Spears and Iggy Azalea. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll ask you. I read your review of it, mm-hmm. which was very Britney focused. Well, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> what do you, what do you think of Pretty Girls? Now you've had a couple days to digest and absorb. Yeah. So I think Pretty Girls is interesting because I think it's the first time that. Britney has put out a lead single that just sounds like a fun top 40 hit as opposed to something a little more left lane or daring. I think, you know, she's led with Gimme More, Hold It Against Me. These are songs that sort of were more game changers, whereas this is a very, very radio friendly song that sounds like some other songs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little different for her. But I think if people, you know, come in with that understanding, then it's a really cute, fun song. Yeah. I agree. So wait, you're you're taking this as like the, a lead single to her next project, I not just like a one-off. Because I believe she said recently in an interview too that that it is the lead single from a project. I mean, I'm sort of assuming it's going to be if it's a hit, and if it's not, it might just be a one-off. Yeah, it might be an ooh la la. It well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> could be. It could be. A a shout out child. to Smurfs too. A shout out to Smurfs too. Keith, what what do you think of Pretty Girls? Um, I, I actually don't know what you think of Pretty Girls, so um, I'm curious. What I take that back. It would you. not be a screaming shot because that was a Will I Am track from his album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think what Brad said is interesting. That it's just a sort of it. It fits in with the current pop radio landscape, so to speak. And it also, to me, <clears throat> the the bass in the song is, sounds strikingly like "Fancy" by Iggy Azalea. Um, it's not the same bass line, but the sound of the bass is pretty close to fancy. So it seems like they're trying to evoke, um, hey, Iggy Azalea's previous hits. You like those? You'll like this one. Oh, and Britney's on it too. Um, but I think it's a good blend of the two of them. I think it's a fun song. I think it's cute. It's very sort of stompy, cheerleadery, you know, chanty. Um, I think it's cute. I'm looking forward to the video because the teaser that I saw actually looks like Britney dances. So that's compelling in itself if she can actually, you know, hit some, you know, hard dance moves and they're she's, you know, strikes them really well. So I think so far it's a good look. Um I I don't know. I mean I, I wish it was bigger and more and more fantastic, but I think it's a perfectly fine pop song. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of been the the reaction where it's not people haven't been like bowled over. But it's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's solid. Uh, I feel like it sounds, uh, in you know, mentioning current radio trends, it sounds a lot like Fancy because the Invisible Man yeah. who co-produced Fancy produced this. It, it sounds like if you told me that the chorus was done by Charlie XCX and not Britney, it kind of does. Like I kind of would believe you, right? Yeah, and and it's interesting because Charlie has a, a, vo- a voice sometimes that's very similar to Britney, and yeah. she, she's demonstrated that in like little karaoke moment here and there yeah um so i can definitely see the charlie comparison i also think it sounds really similar to gwen um, yeah a lot of people say yeah. hollaback girl um hollaback girl meets fancy sort of thing 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I, I have a question. Uh, let me raise my hand, my virtual hand. Um, is, is this a, a more, like, I wonder if the song existed completely uh, like a year ago, like because I think there's like a there's little mixes somehow involved with this. The the British girl group they have a co-write on the song. So like Brad, do you know more about the history of this song and, and where it dates back to and and how it actually originated? It does have an original writing credit with Little Mix. Um, Iggy then went on a Twitter rant as she always does about the origin of the song and and explained that Little Mix didn't actually write the song. They just happened to be I believe in the studio while it was being created. Um, so I think there's some confusion as to who so they just happen they happen to be hanging out. I think you know they might have been in a very <laughs> early version. I think she said a, an early version of the song that is nowhere near where it is now. Okay. So I think they have a co-write, but they really didn't do anything. Yeah, I don't. Much. I really don't think the final version of the song is anything close to what they might have been working on with the Invisible Men or with Iggy, um, if that was actually happening. So this was a track like that was Invisible Men, Iggy, and Little Mix originally, and then it, it just never happened, and then it eventually came to be with Britney? I think so. I I could be wrong, but I, I don't even you, know that they Brad, were... Here. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. Now I'm on the spot. I don't even know technically that it was going to be both Little Mix and Iggy. It might have been the Invisible Men working for Little Mix on a song. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then it kind of turned into Britney and Iggy. Yeah. And- you know, I, I wanted to ask you guys, in, in terms of this pairing, like, is it as effective as it could have been? Like, does it make sense for both artists? Like, would it have been more effective? I, I've, you know, I was uh, talking with someone, and I've mentioned this before somewhere on Billboard, but uh, someone I was talking to was like, oh, this would have been a killer Britney and Nicki Minaj song. Oh, yeah, I said that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that made me, hey, maybe it was you. I, um, yeah. But... So, yeah, is, is that what you think, that it just would have been? But, well, here, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I I think that Iggy kind of plays the right part in She does. Song. I'm not mad at her on the song. Um, I just feel like Iggy was so oversaturated in the market for last year. Like, we, were, we could not escape her. Um, and then there was backlash at the beginning of this year about her freestyle skills and her live performances. And, and Papa John's 2015. <laughs> My and, favorite news story of oh, 2015. for sure. The best rat beef <laughs> of our time. Um, but so I was really worried coming into this, just having all of those things pile up on yeah. top of Iggy's name to have her be the big, you know, new song with Britney. But she's fine on the song. I'm not mad at it. But if, you know, Nikki is like, she's my fave as far as like female rappers now. So, yeah. you know, I just thought that would have been a lot more. I mean, you see what... Nikki did on a song like the Flawless Remix with exactly. Beyonce and just kind of gave it a whole new dimension. And I'm not saying that Iggy does anything wrong on this song, but you you kind of wish that there was that extra dimension, I feel like. She also gives it what you expect, whereas Nikki has so many times turned a song into something crazy. Yeah. Like, she did the Till the World Ends remix too, and that was like bonkers. Oh, yeah, yeah, with her and Kesha, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, Kesha. And she she made it really like strange and awesome. Yeah. And you know, with Iggy, you know what verse you're probably gonna get. Like, yeah. You get that like. You know, it's gonna kind of like reference the other artists. Yeah. Like, where it's like hit him one more time. Yeah. It's like yeah yeah. I, and I'm I'm being such a hater, and I I just I feel like Iggy's very safe and 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 good, but you know, Nikki is a bit more of a daring choice, or 
you know, even having somebody more up and coming like Angel Hayes would have been a little cool. That would have been interesting. Yeah. yeah. Or someone like uh like Tink or Dejlo oh, for someone definitely like that. Tink. That would've been that would've, yeah. been, uh, that would've been interesting. Ooh, Pink and Britney? Like Pink the singer Pink? No. <laughs> Tink. Tink. Uh, so <laughs> we're at Oh, you said uh, with Tink. A T. Oh, never mind. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah, for Just sure. Just had pink rapping on it. <laughs> I would have liked that too, honestly. Um, yeah. I, I think that, I mean, the encouraging thing and for someone like you, Brad, a, a huge Britney fan. Right. Is that she, so- she sounds great on the song. That's the one thing that is my favorite part of the song is her vocals. Because I think, especially during the verses, she's like warbling and like being sort of like jazzy and s- strange. The best Britney songs are when her voice sounds so odd and like otherworldly and like so this is a great example of her like really singing and you knowing oh that's britney that's a britney song Mm -hmm. and uh it reminds me especially when she does those amazing ad-libs at the end that remind me of like heyday back in the day britney singing when she actually sang and did those runs um that that's you know the the best takeaway of the song i think yeah no i i think it'll be interesting and Keith, I want to I want to swivel to you, man, because I want to see what how you think this song is going to do in terms of charts, in terms mm. of just overall ubiquity and as a song of the summer potentially. Pop takeover. I, I mean, what is this going to be number one next week? That sort of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, well, first let's start there in terms of like Hot 100 placement. I know it's super early. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, the seventh. Yeah, I've done my the homework. Sixth, the sixth. Uh, <laughs> But how's it looking, man? Um, well, right now, we're industry forecasters are suggesting that the song could do maybe around 100,000 downloads in its first week, which is pretty okay. Um, and then it had really good first day airplay because it was being played hourly on, I think, uh, a significant number of iHeart uh, media top 40 stations. So if you tuned into like Z100 in New York or Kiss FM in Los Angeles, you were hearing it at the top of the hour, I think, every every hour. And um, its streams will be, you know, obviously pretty strong on YouTube. So all those things combined um, should give it a healthy debut next week. I don't think it, it, it's not challenging for number one, um, which I think some people may have thought just because it's, you know, new Britney, uh, you know, but, you know, remember Work Bitch debuted and peaked at number 12. So it's not a guarantee that a, a new single from Britney is going to sort of blow the roof off. Uh, that said, it should still have a nice debut. It'll become probably her 33rd. Uh, it won't be probably her 33rd. If it debuts, it will be her 33rd hit on the Hot 100 chart next week. Um, so yeah, it's off to a good start. And I think the video comes out soon, not this week. I think it's early next week is when the video comes out. Yeah, the 11th, I believe. Oh, that's been publicized? I was trying to dodge around it if it wasn't actually out there yet. <laughs> I think so. Okay, oh, yeah. The 11th is when the video comes <laughs> we're, out. We're, th- we're <laughs> guessing the 11th. I, yeah. 11th. But I, no, I mean, Maybe. It would make uh, sense. You I said early so. next week, which which would be the 11th. I mean, I know what the date is. I just wasn't sure if it was public yet. That's why I was being stupid. Yeah. Don't, nah, you're not. Double check. I'm pretty sure it is. No worries, man. Um, in, in terms of... So, like, I feel like going back to that digital sales number, you said around 100,000? Yeah. Ball, ballpark approaching yeah seems seems a little bit low to me maybe yeah no i mean it is i think i think it can be perceived as a little bit low um you know britney is coming off of an album that didn't do very well so you, you've got that working against you um you know work bitch started with one hundred and seventy four thousand in its first week and that of course was coming off of 
scream and shout and the huge femme fatale album with hold it against me until the world ends and i want to go and criminal like you know three or four big huge pop hits and a big tour and a great look with scream and shout like that led into work bitch and then everything kind of fell off the cliff when like that album kind of bombed sorry Singles didn't do very well. <laughs> and this is really, I'm, I'm just trying to hold myself. It's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, it, Brad, it didn't, that album compared to sort of. Oh, no, the, you don't have to. Okay. I, the All plate right. of Britney Jean is something we don't have to get into. <laughs> and I loved Work Bitch. I was on this Work podcast. Work Bitch is amazing. And I was in retrospect, defending it. I was oh, yeah. defending it to the death. I believe that if that <laughs> campaign launched with Work Bitch as a one-off or an EP for Vegas, and it was just that to promote Vegas, I think the story would have been very different about how if, well. If yeah. it was just like, like uh, here's like brand, my brand new single. It's going to be the opening number to my brand new Vegas show. And then, you know, let's, let's instead of trying to rush out the album, which it appeared they did, they could have taken more time to set up a, the next album. Absolutely. And I think people would have perceived that whole era very differently. Yeah. That's interesting. I I, I was just like, uh, I, I wrote about Britney a lot this week. So I w- was revisiting Britney Jean. I totally forgot. She had like a song with TI on that album. Oh yes. Tick, tick, boom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I totally like, which I, was a GRL demo. It was indeed. Yes. It was indeed. Yes. Wow. A GRL demo ended up with Britney. Yes, there you it go. Did. Oh, I really like uh, Passenger on that album. Passenger's amazing. Passenger, Passenger also, I think, went, well, yes, it did the rounds. It was going to be Katie, I think. Or, yeah. And then Sia and then Brittany. And then, then, you know, demos float around all the time. Let's not forget that at some point Madonna sang a song that Nicole Scherzinger had done a demo for. So, right? From the Hard Candy album? Madonna. Right, right. That's true, too. Yeah. I Yeah. So Demos are just demos. <laughs> I, uh, it's funny because I, I a couple weeks ago when this collaboration got announced, I wrote a thing about how Britney and Iggy, you know, for as much success as they've had, uh, you know, even recently, they they both kind of could use a hit single, and we and mm. Keith just touched upon that with the run that uh, Britney, you know, the success of of Britney Jean or the the struggles of Britney Jean and Iggy and Brad you touched upon this with the whole you know it's been a kind of a messy couple months so who do you think like if if Pretty Girls is a hit say it's just you know maybe not even a smash just like a a solid hit single who do you think it benefits more I would say it benefits both I think they kind of need both at this point I think Iggy is in a bit of a PR mess and I think uh Britney needs a hit that will lead her to an album campaign. I think once she has that hit, then then they'll start talking solidly about an album. Um, I think they're sort of going the route where they're going to toss out songs here and there, and whatever sticks, they'll they'll just take off running with with that. And but I think having Iggy makes Britney more relevant in you know the newer generation's eyes, which hurts me to say <laughs> um, and it's hard I you know I went I always tell the story I went to X Factor and I went to see her when she was judging um, with Demi yeah and I sat down next to this boy who was like 16 I just went obviously to stare at Britney's head for three hours <laughs> of course um, and you weren't there for LA Reid and, and no I was <laughs> certainly not and uh, he turned to me he was like oh who are you excited to say see like you know of the judges and I was like well Brittany um, obviously like is that a question and he goes oh I like Brittany but she's kind of old now uh, and that's and when part of your everything collapsed exploded. and I realized that 
life is Aww. precious and now short you know and... what it feels like to be me <laughs> you realize that life is precious <laughs> that's it that no it really did it, it like hit me that like you know we grew up with her but you know there's another generation now that grew up with miley demi selena and that's just you know the circle yeah. of life and... yes i was gonna say it is the circle of pop life you know, for for me and my love of say, oh, I don't know, Madonna, mm-hmm. Madonna, oh. Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, and that era of Madonna, Janet, Whitney, you know, Paula, I guess, sure, whatever. Um, you know, the generation before that was, you know, you know, you know, or two generations before was like Barbara and Diana, and you know, that sort of thing. And like behind me is the Britneys and you know the Christinas, and behind them is the Miley's and the Demi's and the Selenas and Behind them is an embryo somewhere. Becky G. Becky G. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, can we, very quick segue to Becky G. Oh, actually. I have you, always have time for Becky G. <laughs> I've always got time for a segue to Becky G. Oh, Brad. <laughs> have you seen the Loving So Hard video? Um, actually, it just came out today, right? It came out today. I, we wrote about it. I haven't even got to see it yet. Okay. Yeah. Here, so here's my thing. Really great, like really fun video. It's yeah. Becky G and Austin Mahone. Yeah. You know, they're dating now they're on you know they're going through la they're going to the arcade etc etc here's my thing though if you're 17 mm-hmm. and you're dating someone mm-hmm. and you're like a pop star yeah and sorry <laughs> and um i totally lost my train of thought hang on you're 17 dating the pop star and you're rolling through la in arcades and you're you're dating someone like Chances are, and listen, best of luck to Austin and Becky. Chances are, probably not gonna like end up with that person. So like, you like you never know. But mm-hmm. there's like a good chance that Becky G and uh, looks back on that video in like four or five years and is like, uh, well, Ariana and Big Sean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like if if like Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. Yeah, and it made all a video in like oh like, one of just them like palling around and being adorable. I mean every pop princess has made this mistake though you know britney's had kevin federline in her mo- in her videos and you know who j-lo's had- but this seems like the most like almost like the, it's like she's daring people to be like like this is the most like explicit like this is who i'm it's dating an explicit video with austin and becky never mind sorry yeah <laughs> um yeah I, I i still have to see it but um i I just uh, here's here's all I'm saying. It's, my point is that if I had made a music video with my high school girlfriend, yeah, like a couple years later, I would have been like, probably shouldn't have made a music video with my high school girlfriend. Yeah, I think it's uncomfortable for sure. Although I feel like with even more time, then you can like, kind of look at it like with a sentimental sort of That's like, oh, look guess. how dumb I was. Like, <laughs> <Look> yeah. <laughs> 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 it's a fun video though yeah shout out to I'm, becky i can't G. wait i love I'm becky G. i genuinely love her shower man Sh- oh shower shower single of 2014 <laughs> single of 2014 and the last of one of 2015 yeah. yeah yeah what's the last one can't, can't stop dancing dance, yeah. Dance, yeah. yeah anyway we've gone down a becky g wormhole yeah, as we are known to do <laughs> uh before we move on, last pretty girls question. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who do you guys? Britney's all-time best collaboration. We did it. We did a thing about it this week on Billboard.com. Do you guys? What's your your personal oh, favorite? Oh, best collaborations. I mean, you, you're not going to go wrong with Madonna, obviously. Uh, both the VMAs. I have a feeling that's Keith. That's Keith's <laughs> answer. Um, I mean, 
it's okay. Yeah, but the actual song, I don't know if that's Britney's best collaboration. Not really. Uh, Does Pharrell on 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 boys? Count? Boys. Does yeah, that really mm. count? probably. I mean, yeah, I would count that. That I might actually the be my number of boys one. Over the the original, so I think maybe <laughs> I it counts. I don't know why my first reaction when you asked me that question was immediately, immediately the Ying Yang Twins. Oh yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> I though. got that boom boom. It's amazing. Yeah, but don't take me to the club or whatever they say at the beginning of the song. What did they say at the beginning of the club? Like, we'll go back to Britney at the club. Let them get caught in Britney. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> I knew you would know. Shawty! Shawty. All right, yep. well, we will, uh, we will keep everyone posted on the action of Pretty Girls on the Hot 100 chart. Yes, and, buy Pretty uh, Girls on iTunes. Hashtag buy Pretty Girls on iTunes. Hashtag plug. Oh, okay. That's not That's a fun. endorsement by Ooh. Billboard. I want to know just <laughs> J-Dog. Um, anyway, going, uh, <laughs> going now to the current Jason. Hot 100. See you again Jason. by Wiz Khalifa. Jason. And Tr- yeah? Before we move on, I want to know, and I'm just putting that out there, do people think that she, Brittany, is going to switch up her Piece of Me show in Vegas eminently to include Pretty Girls and her cover of Tom's Diner with Giorgio Moroder that that leaked recently too. She has two new songs that are coming out. I'm assuming she's got to switch up that Vegas show soon. I'm just well, curious what people I would think. So, yeah, I maybe not with the Tom's Diner, but definitely with Pretty Girls. That could be an interlude. Well, actually, it could be either. It could be. Um, I just think you know, with Iggy on Pretty Girls, it makes it a bit, you know, convoluted to not have her there every night. If she night. can do me against the music without Madonna. Yeah, I yeah, that. that's true. That's except that had a solo over. Well, whatever. Pretty Girls is not that complicated without Iggy. Yeah, She's in I it feel, for yeah, I think eighteen you know, seconds. She has the callbacks of yeah. the pre-chorus. And it's fine. It's yeah, but I would rather have Tom's Diner in the in the performance anyway. Sorry about that. I would Jason. like her sitting at a diner reading a newspaper, <laughs> and she could totally do it, and she would love it. She could even do it live. She wouldn't have to lip sync. She could actually, you know, sing it live. Certainly. Well, everything she does is live all the time. So, <laughs> and. Yeah. Well, oh, there you that's go. All I'll say. Yeah. It's well, that's a good. That is a good point, Keith. Um, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. We're gonna be. I, I mean, we're gonna be in Vegas for the Billboard Music Awards. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. But obviously, Iggy and Britney performing there May seventeenth live on NBC or ABC. ABC. NBC. God. <laughs> man, oh man, ABC. Of course. So hot one hundred time. <laughs> see you again. Still number one, Wiz Khalifa, Charlie Puth. Uh, I actually saw Wiz Khalifa yesterday at the Live Nation National Concert Day, and I asked him about it, and he was just like, it was. He actually gave a cool answer about it being number one because he was number one in 2011 with Black and Yellow, but he's like, this is a lot different. And it's just obviously a much more emotional song. People are more, you know, it resonates with a different crowd, so it was kind of cool. That'll be up on Billboard.com soon. Um, Trap Queen. My man, Fetty Wap, oh, yeah. moving up three to two. But are are, are these songs close at all, Keith? Is, no. Is Trap uh, see no, you again still is still like, by a mile. See you again is a million miles away from Fetty Wap. But hey, you know it's it's still nice to be number two. I'm so ready for Trap Queen to hit number one and just have <laughs> a Fetty Wap celebration. It, it'll be great. I mean, I it, it might not be for a few weeks, but I'm ready. I'm ready for that, man. Um, speaking of viral rap hits, T Wayne, uh. who we talked about last week, is up seventeen to nine. Uh, also, another one we talked about last week, 
Mariah Carey uh, debuts at number 82 with Infinity. Uh, Brad, are you an Infinity uh, fan? I am, a, yes, a proud member of the Lambly, Um and I do like... Uh, <laughs> proud member of the Lambly. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do like Infinity. Yeah, I think it's so Mariah. It's so Mariah. It's uh, it's great. We, yeah, we talked about it last week. It debuts at number 82. And, uh, Fritos. <laughs> keep. Andy Grammer, man. He's he's in the top twenty now. With, yeah, uh, your boy Andy. You love my that boy song. Andy. Honey, Up number honey, twenty-eight I'm good. to seventeen. Uh, this is a, this is a thing now. Like this might be like a like a like a big hit. It's a thing. It's a, it's actually it's actually a real hit. Uh, believe it or not. Um, but you know, good for Andy Grammer. He's been plugging away here for a few years, and he finally has a, a, a legit hit under his belt. So good for him. He kept his head up. Um, I I want to say before you move on away from the the top of the Hot 100. Um, T. Wayne's uh, Nasty Freestyle is the first song to reach the top 10 with the word nasty in its title since you can probably guess Janet Jackson's Nasty. Yeah, I was trying to think of anything between that. Nope, only only two songs with the word nasty have ever actually hit the top 10, uh, Nasty Freestyle and Janet Jackson's Nasty. Janet Jackson finally has a successor. Yeah, to the Nasty Throne. In Nastiness, T. Wayne. And, And really... One of them is a little nastier than the other. Yeah. So, so Keith, how is this Andy Grammer song doing on radio before we move on from it? Um, oh, it's doing well. Um, on Top 40 Radio, hold on. Um, it is goes tr- – oh, that's that's Trap Queen. Sorry. It goes 26 to 23 on the mainstream Top 40 chart, which is known as Pop Songs on Billboard.com. And then on the overall radio songs chart that monitors all radio um, – it goes 48 to 36, so it's now a top 40 radio hit. So, And that's only its second week on the chart. So the airplay is catching up, um, and you know the video is kind of a quasi-viral hit. So I think all that is finally catching up to the sales, because the sales have been really robust the past few weeks. Very cool, man. All right, well, that is uh, the top of the Hot 100, but let's talk about a couple songs that are bubbling under the top 40. Uh, could be there soon enough. That's why we call them soon-to-be hits. What do we have this week um, in soon-to-be well, hits? We have, two, we have two good ones. I'll go first because they're both great. Um, Rachel Platten is a, a singer-songwriter who was born in Boston but raised in New York, and she has a single out right now called Fight Song. Um, it has kind of this anthemic stompy kind of sing-along vibe to it when i heard it i kind of first thought oh this kind of sounds like taylor swift ish in a way her voice does and then certain turns of phrases and the way that she pronounced certain words kind of reminded me of how sia kind of twists her words around a little bit i I may be kind of overselling it because when you hear it you probably are going to be like wait i don't hear sia on this um, but to me, I think it's like a great sort of uh, uplifting, stompy, catchy pop song. It's doing quite well um, on the charts this week. It goes, hold on, I will tell you, it goes 71 to 50 on the Billboard Hot 100. So it is racing up the chart. Um, so it's it's probably on its way to hitting the top 40 in the next week or two. There you go, Rachel Platten. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the, the one I want to talk about for Soon To Be Hits... Lean On by Major Lazer and DJ Snake featuring Moo or Ma or Ma or Ooh. Moo. I say Moo. What do you say, Brad? I say Moo. I say, all right. All right. You're the, you're the pop. Or M.O. Slash. M.O. Slash. 
So Lean On moves up from number 72 to number 59 this week. It's a, it's a great dance song, and it's uh, featured on the new Major Lazer album, Peace is the, Mission, is the Mission, excuse me, which has a ton of guest stars on it, Ellie Goulding, Elephant, Pusha T, 2 Chains, a bunch more. But this is the song they went with as the lead track. And obviously, Moo was featured on Iggy Azalea song uh, a couple months ago. And now she uh, begged for it. And now she is back with Major Lazer, obviously Diplo's project, DJ Snake, who had a top 10 hit last year with Turn Down for What. With their forces combined, they are in the top 60 now, number 59. We'll see if this keeps moving and, up. And Jason, you know, this song was used in a bit of shade uh, the other day by uh, Diplo himself. Uh, really? Yes. I was not aware of this. It was, a, it was a, a bit of shade towards Rihanna. Um, where he was saying wow. how um, he was in the studio with Rihanna trying to um, like sell her on a track, like try to convince her about a track. And he was like, wait, why am I trying to do this? Why am I trying to convince this? You know, like I've got a huge hit with Lean On. Like Lean On is huge globally. And I'm trying to like tell you that this, like the song I'm trying to give you is good. Like, why am I trying to, why do I need to convince you? Like I've got a hit. And, wow. you know, and, and basically yes. saying like, oh, you know, like I kind of, I think it was sort of inferring or like alluding to like, American Oxygen and Bitch Better Have My Money is like, you know, not as good or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he is not wrong. Well, there you go. I had no idea. Soon to be shade, part of <laughs> Diplo's soon to be always hits. good for that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, very quickly, let's talk about the Billboard 200 albums chart for a sec. Zach Brown Band, number one. Their third number one album, right? Right, Keith? See, yes. Zach Brown Band's new album, Jekyll Plus Hyde, or Jekyll and Hyde. I think they're just being cute with how they framed it. Um, debuts at number one. It is the band's third number one album. It starts with 228,000 equivalent album units. Um, after that, um, we get a new album from Josh Groban at number two called Stages. It's a, um, well, I wouldn't call it a covers album, but it, it's effectively a covers album. I feel like saying the word covers album is kind of I think people don't like yeah, it. You know? It's it's like a pseudo covers album. It's, I well, say. I mean, it's it's all it's all covers, but I think artists themselves don't like it when you say covers album because it makes it sound kind of cheesy. So I would say it's an interpretations album of musical theater songs from like, you know, Phantom of the Opera, Les Mis. Um, there's even a Wizard of Oz song, something from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It does really well. It actually does better than his last album did. Um, so good, strong showing for Josh. And then also in the top 10, a third debut from country singer Tyler Farr with his new album. So those are your three debuts in the top 10 this week. Do you have any? So the big debut for next week Mumford. is uh, the Mumford and Sons, who started with, of course, 600,000 copies sold in its first week Not for Babel. Not this week, I don't think. No, I don't have the forecast yet, but I don't think it's going to be quite that big. Okay. But it should be number so, one. It should be number one unless something goes horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. All right. Uh, so we will uh, we will tune in to Billboard.com for chart updates. Keith will have a chart update on Mumford & Sons' album debut By the time later in this, this week. There will be a real unit number somewhere online. So before we go, let's talk about the Met Gala for a sec. And I, I kind of want to just let you guys go with this because I'm 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 a little bit clued out on it. I've been following it on social media in terms of, you know, the the gowns and the happiness of all the pop stars getting along. 
but it, that that's the takeaway it seems like so like all all the pop stars are getting long now there is peace on earth now. there was the, it, it was basically like the un summit yes. but like instead of countries it's like lady gaga and katy perry like, and, and stands Madonna. just uniting just stands uniting um so I'll let I'll let you guys I'll let you guys go. What what so what was your takeaway, Keith? Um, well, so just to explain what the Met Gala is, the Met Gala is this um, yearly event that happens t- in New York at the Metropolitan Museum of Art to benefit their cons- costume institute. And Anna Wintour, the editor of Vogue, I believe, is uh, uh, shepherds this every year and um, or- uh, organizes the event effectively and controls the guest list. And it's and it's become this big thing every year where they have this huge red carpet and everyone shows up in gowns and every year there's a different theme this year's theme was i think something along the lines of like chinese culture chinese couture or something like that last year i think it was punk music or punk rock um and you can always count on like a diva cavalcade to show up and this year was no exception uh, you had Madonna, Beyonce, J-Lo, Selena, uh, Miley, Gaga, I, Cher. Cher was there. Cher. Everyone was there. And and those are just those are just the pop stars. Oh, Kim Kardashian, Kanye. It's crazy. Um, but the the big news, I think, for many people was that Madonna and Lady Gaga hung out. There are photos of them together hanging out with Katy Perry, embracing. Madonna went to Lady Gaga's after party. And there were more photos. Gaga tweeted photos. Um, Madonna Instagram photos. Katy Perry tweeted one and said, break the internet, 2015. Um, so all all seems right again in the world after so many years of Madonna and Gaga allegedly not getting along and the whole, like, you know, shade between Born This Way and Express Yourself. Things have perhaps been smoothed over. And, you know, evidently, maybe they all are happy pop stars again. Brad, what do you think? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, in the past four years, it's been such a brutal war online between Katie Cats and Little Monsters and Little Madonsters or whatever we're going to call <laughs> Madonna fans. I like how you use the adjective brutal. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. It's savage. Well, you should see the at replies I get, but uh, it's it, like when that photo popped up it was just like oh like now you can say nothing like now they're all hanging out you can say nothing about your faves and their fave slaying like there they are like being peaceful with each other and happy and joking about it and I thought that was kind of a cool little close of the chapter of like like the everything that Madonna or Gaga wanted to rebel against when she was talking about promote online kindness yeah. and and stop the drama start the music <laughs> and uh yeah i mean you know so maybe they'll all do a lady marmalade type single and, wow. and everything's just like ponies and rainbows and in pop world I, I loved i loved katie's uh, uh joke tweet where it was like our single is dropping our tomorrow <laughs> like, i know and like for a second you're just like <gasps> But then, no. I wonder, I wonder what it. our pal Tyler Oakley thinks of all this right now, Jason. Oh man, Tyler, mm-hmm. that would have been. Uh, I know we gotta get we gotta get him back on the on I, the podcast. I need to reach too. out and see what Tyler thinks of this kindness that is is happening between the three of them. It's just so it, it's just <laughs> so funny because you know you have this lavish, you have this lavish spectacle where, but it's like it's the one. It seems like the Met Gala is the one lavish spectacle where ordinary people are granted the the least amount of access where it's like you know you have like a red carpet for an award show but then you can watch the award show right even though you're not there yeah like the met gala it's just like you 
you get like these paparazzi photos of all of the outfits and then you kind of like you can see in the inside a little tiny bit from whatever people post yeah but it just seems kind of like closed off but it, that almost makes it cooler and more exclusive for well, sure you have no I mean, you just want to know what they're saying to each other like yeah. what do you say with a, a table of donatella j-lo and gaga like what are they talking about <laughs> like art pop do you think Coons they're talking about mad men they're like <laughs> what do you think about oh yeah yeah they're definitely talking they're talking about pretty girls to be honest <laughs> they're all buying you hear it. that pretty girls <laughs> collaboration uh keith what were you saying uh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, this isn't, this is less about a performance type event. You know, I mean, Rihanna did perform at the, at the show and I think she probably right. had the most stunning gown there. Uh, it was this enormous, beautiful yellow dress that had this enormous train. Um, and it took a, one woman two years to make. I think that's what Rihanna said on the red carpet. Um, but it's, I think it's less about a, it's not like a proper stage show. It's more of a, a, a fundraising dinner where you all, you pay a whole bunch of money to sit at a table and have dinner. And then there might be a speaker or two and maybe a performance or something, but it's less about like a televised type event. And I think it's supposed to be a private exclusive gala. And that's why you're paying so much money to get into it. I think. Right. Keith, what did you think of Madonna's outfit this year? Oh, it was just okay. I mean, right. I mean, she looked so. I mean, she was for if you guys haven't the people that are listening, if you haven't seen it, it's just like it was a it was an okay looking dress that said Rebel Heart on it, um, which it everyone tough. kind of compared to Macy Gray wearing yeah a dress that was a hard at the one to deal with. advertising her album. Yeah. Um, oh man, but I, her yeah. I love I loved that. Like looking back at that when she was like, my new album drops September eighth. Yeah. It's like Macy. I mean, yeah. You, this is crazy. The, the, the dress was a was not it wasn't ugly and it wasn't not like beautiful it was just sort of there um which is something you almost never get to say about madonna yeah which is why it was perhaps the most shocking dress the she i mean she her 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 hair and makeup and face like she looks you know she's on point she looks gorgeous amazing yeah Um, i thought her punk outfit was a bajillion times better for sure so hot so cool so on target for the theme of the night and yeah so go back and find that online if you're listening. Go, you know, search Definitely. Madonna Met Gala Punk and you'll see it. <laughs> well, there you go. Sorry, we were about to go on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, we got to wrap this up. But before we do, Keith, are you ready, man? I am. For your Charts Out of the Week. Okay, so this week in 1993, Aerosmith earned its first number one album on the Billboard 200 chart with Get a Grip. Uh, You know, the band started off in the 70s and had a hot streak on our charts with albums like Toys in the Attic. But by the early to mid 80s, they had kind of fallen off the map. You know, there's a lot of internal strife in the band and things weren't working out. But thanks to Run DMC and their cover of Aerosmith's Walk This Way, that kind of helped put Aerosmith back on the map. And, you know, they were off and running in the late 80s with albums like Permanent Vacation and Pump. And all this led to them kind of dominating MTV in the early 90s and then eventually getting their first number one album with Get a Grip. And, of course, the album actually hung out on the charts for quite a long time thanks to a successful trio of videos that all starred Alicia Silverstone, uh, Crying, Amazing, and Crazy. 
And, um, you know, ever since then, of course, Aerosmith has had, you know, great chart success and gone on to wonderful things. Uh, they scored another number one album um, later on uh, with uh, the name of which now escapes me, Nine Lives, obviously. And their most recent studio album was released in 2012, Music from Another Dimension. Right now, they're not working on any new material, but they do, they do still tour. Um, and Steven Tyler just recently announced that he's going to put out his first country album, um, I believe that is how they're framing it. Yeah, on Big Machine uh, uh, Records, uh, Big Machine Label Group, the same uh, same label as uh, Taylor Swift. So there you go. Uh, this week in 1993, Aerosmith got its first number one album with Get a Grip. Thank you, Keith, for your Charts Out of the Week. All right, man, that is going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast. Brad! You have fun? Thank you so much for having me. This is great. This is uh, long overdue. I feel like we need to have absolutely. more pop chats. The next time that, you know, Britney or non-Britney. Basically we'll, any Britney we'll, thing. <laughs> <laughs> the next time, like the next Christina Aguilera, Iggy oh, Azalea single. absolutely. Well, <laughs> and Argentina Network. Tina, please. <laughs> yes. Or Becky G. Uh, <laughs> Becky G. Um, that is your, uh, that's your like triumvirate of uh, Britney, <laughs> Christina. Becky. Becky. Yeah, the holy trio, <laughs> as they are so commonly referred to as. Keith, we'll be back next week uh, to talk Billboard Music Awards preview, and we have some cool stuff coming up for the actual Billboard Music Awards. And in a couple weeks, we I've gotten so... I don't know about you, Keith, but I've gotten so many questions about doing a Songs of the Summer episode. So we're going to probably do that in two weeks, probably around maybe like the 21st of May. When, uh, right around Memorial Day when uh, Songs of the Summer chart actually kicks off. Keith, do you have any parting words? Uh, I do not. But thanks, Brad, for coming. This was really awesome and so great. Thank you for you. having me. Let's go out on, on two of uh, your guys' favorites. We'll go out with on Me Against the Music, Britney Spears, and Madonna. Thank you guys for listening and take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.